0: Good morning, church. My name is Tyler, one of the pastors here at Westview, and welcome this morning. I hope you had an incredible Christmas. I hope that it was a a wonderful time, however unique and, and different it may have been this year. I trust that it was still special. I've sensed this kind of, as the year comes to a close, I've sensed God giving me a word I don't know if this has ever been a, a thing you've experienced, a situation you've encountered. It's it's a practice that I haven't always found to be beneficial, but there have been some seasons in my life where I've sensed God saying something, leading me towards something that's unique, that's specific, that that he wants me to ponder and practice. and And as we come to the end of this year and as we enter into 2021, I feel that I have this word that he wants me to begin to look at with a little greater intentionality. If you've ever yourself kind of purposed in this season to live life with a greater focus or intentionality, maybe you've had a word before. These can be helpful for kind of setting the course of our lives as we enter into new or uncharted seasons or whatever that may be. And church, I know that I'm a little bit weird, And I hate, okay, I know it's a strong word. I I strongly dislike acronyms. Now, let me understand for us and help explain how this all kind of comes together. It feels like to me that Christianity is made up of acronyms. You, You kind of see them everywhere. And so with 2020 drawing to a close and 2021 just around the corner, I thought I'd set the course of this message around an acronym. Because it's 2021, and it seems like anything goes this year. It's one perhaps that you've heard before. I remember hearing it probably sometime in the mid-90s, just shortly after I became a Christian. And it's the acronym JOY, J-O-Y, and it stands for Jesus, Others, and Yourself. So I want to take a look at this acronym a little bit more today and, and have it help us bring closure to 2020 and help it prepare us to launch into 2021. Let's pray together. Jesus, I do thank you. I thank you for this last year. Lord, there have been a lot of things that we have learned and understood and and recognized through this year. And I pray that as we stand on the edge of 2020, looking out towards this next year to come, that you would continue to speak to us, to lead us, to equip us to live lives with great joy. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So let me begin by reading a few verses from the book of 1 John. It begins in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. The words will be on the screen. Follow along with me. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The book of 1 John is a book that we actually looked at not so long ago. It is a book I wanted to revisit today one more time because of a few reasons. The first one is this. Next Sunday, uh, we're going to launch into a new sermon series on the Gospel of John, also a book written by the Apostle John, who was deeply loved by Jesus. The second thing is having just come out of Advent and having just celebrated Christmas a few days ago, I think these words of 1 John help to remind us of the significance of Christmas and why the incarnation of Jesus, why him coming to earth as a baby, matters still so much to us. And thirdly, that these words of 1 John 4, I think, help to frame this concept of joy and how we can see ourselves growing in this as we grow in our love for Jesus. I mean, there's no question, church, that if we look back upon 2020, we'll acknowledge, I'm sure, in agreement that it was a brutal year in many respects. I think we've all experienced to some degree trials and, and challenges this year that we've never experienced in years past. Maybe it's like what 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 reminds us. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. I think that almost sums up 2020. I mean, fiery ordeals, something strange happening, a great testing Again, all of this, I think, helps us to grow in the following three areas. And I want to look at those together. So the first letter in our acronym is J. And it helps us to do this. It helps us in our love for Jesus. Picking up in verse 9 and 10 of 1 John 4, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see, John reminds us here what's of the utmost importance, and it's what we just celebrated two days ago, that God sent his son into the world that we would live through him. This word dia, pronounced dea, is further translated as, as by or, or with or for. This idea of living through him has this strong connection of like a channel, like a conduit of something that that helps to funnel the flow. Christ is the conduit of how we live out our lives through him. And I think for us, it's it's important that we not just live through him by his power made real through the Holy Spirit that indwells each of us as Christians, but that we also live for him. And I think sometimes for you and I, maybe at least I feel this way, that that can feel a bit overwhelming. I don't know about you. It's three days until the end of the year. Have you perhaps begun to make resolutions? These things that we say we're going to begin January 1st, we commit to again maybe somewhere mid-February. And then we just kind of give up on, uh, you know, around Easter. I don't know about you, but, but maybe this year you are making some resolutions. Maybe you're looking at 2021 and you're saying this year is going to look different. Maybe you're purposing with your life to read your Bible more. Maybe to be more kind, maybe to to pray more or, or to go to church more when we can actually show up here to the building. Maybe it's to love others more or to give more. Whatever that looks like to you, I think we all often have these ideas of how we can live more for God. Well, John goes even so far as to tell us how to know if we're doing that, if we're living more for God. And so we pick up in verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. So what does John say about how our lives should look like as we live for God? Well, I think it looks like three things that we find in our text. The first one is this, is that we acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. That this means that we do more than just give lip service to Christmas carols. But that if we truly believe And that this reflects itself in our lives through everything that we do. That we acknowledge with our lips that Christ is the Son of God. The greatest gift that humanity has ever received that God has given to us. That we remembered two days ago on Christmas and that we don't forget as we head into the new year. The second thing this scripture reminds us is that we need to rely on the love God has for us. That this means that we don't live our lives simply by our own strength. And this means a radical reorientation of our lives so that we live with God at the center, but not our own self at the center. And the third thing this helps us to do is to remind us that we do all of this by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we stop trying to improve ourselves by our own strength. That this isn't about our best life now by our own doing. But this is about experiencing God at work through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that what is happening in and through us isn't about us. But it's about what God is doing. What he promises to continue to do in and through us in the days and weeks and years to come. You see, making the decision to live more for Jesus this coming year is not simply about checking off items on a list. And trust me, I love a good list. I love that feeling of just being able to slide that Sharpie across that line and know that one more thing has been checked off. But rather it's this. What I feel our text is calling us to do in order for us to grow in our love for Jesus is illustrated even more by our second point. And it's this, it's how we respond to others. This O in our acronym of joy. We read in our verses 11 and 12 in our text, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I don't know about you, but it's been an interesting year to to look out on culture and to see how culture has engaged with all that's been going on. There are days where we turn on our news and it just seems like our world is one giant dumpster fire, that humanity has just descended into chaos and there's very little that gives you and I hope. It's been an interesting year to be a bit of a cultural anthropologist this idea of the study of humanity, of its past and present societies. Because in as much as we see the news and we, we digest what we experience through social media, I honestly believe that there has been great things. Elements of, of hope, of, of goodness, of, of really what we see in the fruit of the Spirit. And it's been that rallying cry in our culture during these difficult times that we find ourselves in of these words, be kind. These words that come straight out of the fruit of the Spirit that God asks of us to make manifest in and through our lives daily. But how do we understand what kindness is if we, if we don't have a reference point of what kindness actually looks like? Well, look at what Titus 3, 3 to 5 says. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. While I feel like our culture has somewhat misused this word kind, I think what we're asking for is for each of us to be nice, to be nice to each other. And in so doing, as followers of Christ, we demonstrate what this really looks like towards our neighbors. But you see, kindness Kindness was demonstrated for us by Christ on the cross. You see, what Jesus did was an entirely selfless expression of his grace and mercy and sacrifice. In his kindness, he laid down his life for you and for I. This great exchange of his life for ours on the cross and as we look towards this great demonstration of kindness, of, of radical kindness, kindness towards others, I feel like to truly demonstrate the love of Jesus in this coming year, it will require us to do things so radical, so other towards others, that there is no cause of explanation other than it was because of the love of Jesus. That we demonstrate kindness, mercy, grace, sacrifice towards others. Because that's what was demonstrated to us by Christ on the cross. So I wonder for you in 2021, if there's someone or a few individuals that God is, is tugging on your hearts to love more fully. To love more sacrificially. To love more in the way that Christ loves you and I. Because as we see in verses 20 and 21, John doesn't hold back in his letter about the importance of this. We read, picking up in verse 20, "'Whoever claims to love God, "'yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. "'For whoever does not love their brother and sister, "'whom they have seen, cannot love God, "'whom they have not seen. "'And he has given us this command,' Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And so here in our text, in this sermon this morning, this idea of loving others, not always an easy concept to live out, especially this year where we see so many differing beliefs and ideologies and understandings, even how we approach covid And yet what we're called to do is to love each other, to demonstrate kindness to one another, the way that God has demonstrated it to us. And lastly, church, I want to ask you this question, a bit of a bold question, perhaps, and and maybe a different one this morning. But the question is this, will you love yourself? Because the third point I want us to look at in this acronym joy, we've looked at Jesus, we've looked at others. And so the question I asked this morning is looking at this idea of of how will we practice soul care for yourself? This why in our acronym. Let me pick it up in verse 18 of our text. It says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perhaps in recent years in the church circle, you've heard this word, this term of soul care. It's not an old term. It's not necessarily a new term, but it's perhaps a bit less familiar. But it's an increasingly necessary concept, I believe, that that seeks to equip believers to, to live with this greater awareness of self in, in a holistic manner. It's this concept of, of enmeshing both intellectual and spiritual elements in our discipleship, while not forsaking the emotional component. That perhaps for years, the Christian church has sought to downplay it's It's sought to downplay our emotions and 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 kind of push them to the curb as it pertains to our own journey of discipleship, but I think this important aspect of soul care really is something that we need to better understand. we need to better become aware of and I think an important aspect of it is this is that it's not something done in isolation. I mean, how many of us in this year? have felt the crippling effects of isolation. We've experienced lockdowns, closures, the inability to visit family, the inability to be here in the building together. I think this year has taught us and demonstrated to us the incredible need that we have as human beings for community and for connection But I think for many of us, this idea of, of intentional community, of, of going deeper with others is still something that can scare us because it's something that can begin to, to expose the skeletons in our closets, the baggage that we're likely still carrying around, the, the fear of being exposed, of, of being fully known. Except what does our text say? That there's no fear in love. So what is soul care? Well, I've heard it explained this way, and I really appreciated this definition. Soul care is speaking the truth in love in your circle of influence. It is unique to the local church as it is anchored in the word of God, dependent on the spirit of God, and practiced in the community of believers. And so when I asked the question at the beginning of this third part about, will you love yourself? Did some of you think that this would be something that you would need to undertake alone? Because the truth is, at least how I see it is that we cannot grow closer to God alone. We cannot care for our souls in isolation. If 2020 has taught us anything It's reminded us again that that God has created us. He has hardwired us for being in community. That Christian discipleship cannot exist within a vacuum. So let me tell you a story to help illustrate this. Back when I was in Bible college in the early 2000s, every Tuesday night, I would gather in my dorm with two good buddies, Jason and Corey. We'd get there around ten o'clock and and we just we'd have this incredible time together. The three of us would gather in my dorm room, Corey was my uh roommate Jason lived just a couple of rooms down the hall, and we'd gather every Tuesday evening for tea. Now, I know that might shock you a bit. some of you know me well enough to think I didn't think you drank anything besides coffee well. Crazy as it is, I didn't even drink coffee back then. I know, that's hard to believe. But, but the three of us would get together. And for lack of better words, we'd do life together. We'd share our hopes, our fears, our, our sins, and we'd encourage each other. We'd pray for each other. We did this for the entire year that the three of us were on campus at Briarcrest. And I have to tell you, it was a powerfully transforming experience. This was soul care. We just didn't really use that terminology back then. And I think this was a foretaste of that perfect love that our scripture describes. I had had no fear in sharing with these two what was going on, what was transpiring in my life in those evenings. Their radical love for me removed all fear of any judgment or condemnation. And I think this is what Jesus longs for from you and I, to feel this radical love free from judgment and condemnation. He, he longs to meet with us as I did every Tuesday at 10 with Jason and Corey, because our text reminds us this morning, church, that, that perfect love drives out fear. And you see this perfect love can only be found in Christ. That's not to say that there won't be fearful moments in our faith journeys, but it does mean, much like how darkness cannot exist where there is light, fear cannot exist where there is this perfect love, this presence of Christ, where he indwells each one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned at the beginning of this message, I feel the Lord has given me this word. And the word is time. And I'm trusting that this year, as we enter into 2021, that it's going to look different. And this time of the year and the time that the Lord gives me is going to be significant. While I know it might not look much different in these first few days to come, perhaps not even in these next few months, I truly feel that this year to come is a year filled with great promise. That light is going to pierce the darkness. That hope is on the horizon. That there will be a time when perhaps all of what has happened this year will perhaps begin to make a little bit more sense. Because I truly believe that there is purpose for everything. That God is working something incredible, even out of all that we experienced this past year. And a thought to leave us with as we begin to wrap up this message, as we begin to wrap up this year, church. We each have a choice to choose joy. It's a choice we make. It's a choice we make this morning, today, tomorrow, the next day, and so on. I mean, 2021 is just a few days away. And and my prayer for us, my prayer for us as a church, as a Christian community, as disciples of Jesus who are following fully after him are these three things. Number one, that it is my prayer that we choose to live through and for Jesus. That we live through him by the power of the Holy Spirit and that we live for him with greater intentionality that that Jesus is the center of all we are and that we live through him and for him because of what he has done for us. That which we celebrated only two short days ago. That God sent his son into this world as the perfect gift. As this baby boy who grew up to be who then we celebrate in a few months on Easter. God's perfect sacrifice. That God so loved the world that he gave us his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. My prayer, church, is that we would believe that and that we would live through that. The second thing is this, is that we would choose to care for and to serve others. As Dale reminded us last Sunday through Mary's Magnificat, that this is a message of monumental importance and and transformation culturally that what Mary sought in that song was to see the world flipped upside down for there to be this great transformation of justice in our world. And God invites us into living out that justice of living intentionally this mission to care for and to serve others. We speak of a lot at this Christmas season of of the thought of caring for others, of of giving to others, of doing much for others. And so I pray for us, church, that that doesn't end when Christmas does, but that we continue to live that out as we enter into this new year. And lastly, church, it's my prayer that we choose to vanquish fear and embrace the perfect love. That there is no fear in this perfect love. And that we experience that through the power and presence of Jesus who indwells us as followers of him. That we would live this year with less fear and more love, embracing the perfect love who is Jesus. And so as we look towards the horizon, As we look towards 2021 in a few days, let's live for Jesus. Let's serve others. And I pray that we experience soul care for ourselves, for yourself. That we live out this acronym joy. And that we experience the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Let me pray for us, church. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this year. And in as much as it seems weird to say that and to pray that, you have taught us much in and through these months. What it means to love you more, Jesus. What it means to care for and serve others. And what it looks like to love yourself. To care for yourself, ourselves more. And to understand that that happens within community that which you have wired us for. And so in these few remaining days of 2020, I pray that we would look back and see you and that we would set our eyes upon you as the horizon of 2021 begins. That the joy of you, Lord, would be our strength. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.